in this episode how being stuck in Southeast Asia forced this family to rethink the way they'd like to travel the world moving forward. The War Nomads Podcast. It's not your usual travel podcast. It's everything for the adventurous independent traveller. Hey, thanks for tuning in from wherever you get your favourite podcast. It is Kim and Phil with you sharing the story in this episode of a family who launched into a planned trip in February, one month before COVID-19 was declared a pandemic, and at the time of recording in mid-September have been in Vietnam since. (laughs) Yeah, okay, um, you know, plans going awry there. But look, Vietnam uh, acted very early when the virus hit, in fact, as early as January, thinking they were preparing for a uh, strain of acute pneumonia originating from Wuhan, which we now know, of course, was the coronavirus. Now, despite a population of 97 million, at the time of recording in late September, as we said, they have just over 1,000 cases and 35 deaths. That's pretty incredible. That's amazing. Aren't those stats incredible? The highest number of cases were in Da Nang, which is Vietnam's fifth largest city by population. And despite their success in containing the virus, the country is not allowing entry or issuing visas to foreign nationals, except for those travelling for official or diplomatic purposes, and they must undergo medical checks and a 14-day quarantine at their own expense. But for those whose visit is less than 14 days, and I find this a bit curious, they don't have to quarantine, but they must comply with Vietnam's COVID regulations. Yeah, that does sound Look, I'm not a doctor, but that seems a bit Yeah, and we'll have links in show notes to get thorough and correct information. Now, Melissa and her family kicked off what was going to be a two-year family vacation, and in her research, Phil, she actually stumbled across the World Nomads Travel Podcast. Well, I was just online looking for just more inspiration and having a look at what was out there and as well just feeling like at the moment it's hard to travel, as you know, and trying to figure out how to get anywhere or what where you can go and things like that. So I've been like looking on heaps of sites of like how to, what countries are open and that sort of thing. And I thought, why don't I have a look and see if there's someone just updating and what's going on? So you came up in a search and it was like, okay, awesome. There's something that I can tune into and listen to from time to time. So it's it's actually really cool. And some of the stuff that you guys have got on there, I actually really enjoyed the one that you did recently with the rooted uh, storytelling. Yeah, it was really cool. Sustainable yep. and ethical travel. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, you... you <laughs> You picked a terrible time to start a two-year world trip. February, you left Australia. March, everything <laughs> fell apart, Melissa. We didn't get far, no. And and the reason that we stayed was because this has been like, um, I wrote this trip down on my dreams in 2010. So at the time, I was a single mum. I had just like was rebuilding my life after family violence and so had... Just no hope really, but I wrote it down anyway. I was like, I want to travel the world with my kids. And so we'd been saving and planning for this for five years and we arrived in Vietnam on the 6th of March. (laughs) (laughs) You can't laugh. Well, you have to laugh. You have to laugh. You have to laugh because I I think in some ways it's the most unluckiest thing, but in other ways it's been the most luckiest thing that's ever happened to us. So... Well, a good country what? to land well, in. Hang on, hang on. Why? Why has it been lucky? 
because I'm in Vietnam and everyone in the rest of the world has been in and out of all these insane lockdowns and we've cruised through, you know, we have been like so lucky. It was, I tell you, it was really scary. Um, so when we arrived, everything was fine. We did the trip out to the Coochie Tunnels. We did the War, Rem- War Remnants Museum. Everything was okay. Um, we had arrived in Saigon and that was the first time we'd been here and thinking, oh my gosh, this is madness. And then people were like, oh no, this is quiet. And I was like, I don't ever want to see this place busy. Um, we flew up to Da Nang on the 10th of March. And uh, that day, I, I'm so glad we didn't check the news, but the lady at our home stay, she gave us the face masks and she said, you must wear these at the airport. And we're like, oh no, it's fine. Like Vietnam's fine. We're fine. It's, it's good. And she's like, no, seriously, wear these. And we hadn't read the news. It wasn't until we arrived in Da Nang and my three-year-old got a fever and we started Uh-oh. having a freak out. And we, my, we contacted one of my friends who happened to live in Da Nang and she was like, um, haven't you heard there's like a massive outbreak and this lady's been trapsing around Vietnam spreading COVID everywhere. And I went, what the? Like we were. <laughs> well, that's why I was going to say you're lucky because Vietnam were very proactive. They had some comprehensive measures in place very, very quickly and they've done very well. Almost, you know, the, the poster country for COVID. Exactly, yeah. So it was freaky at the time because it was so new and it was so unexpected. And then we had this kid with a fever. And when we told the reception at the hotel, they looked like they just wanted to die. Um, But it it worked out okay because we'd flown in from New Zealand. They couldn't trace any possibility of us being in contact with any known cases. So he went to hospital. They checked him out, made sure it wasn't dengue or anything like that. No COVID test at that point. And um, sent him home and we just were like, okay, we'll just hide from everybody and hope that we don't have it. Um, And then we moved over to Hoi An on the 19th of March when everything was starting to really drastically escalate. And we made a call there. We sort of said, well, okay, this country's looking like it's going to go shut down really quick. What what town do we want to be in? We basically could choose from Da Nang or Hoi An. Uh, we chose Hoi An and we ended up in this beautiful villa overlooking the rice fields with a swimming pool. We were there for a month. Um, the only tricky thing in that time was we had to do COVID tests. So we had to do the whole blood test, throat test, up the nose, and it was the entire family. That's got to be probably the hardest day of my mothering life, I think. Yeah. Are, you still, um, are you still a single mother? No, no, we, um, well, I got married, we, me and my husband got married in Cook Islands in 2014, so, yeah, since, since then we've been planning this trip. <laughs> can you can you do me a favour, because I'm not allowed to travel anywhere at the moment, but not okay. quite clearly the noise of Hoi An is going on in the background. Can you just not say anything for a minute so I can just listen and pretend I'm there? <laughs> I just, well, well, now I'm actually not in Hoi An anymore. Oh, where are no. you now? We're out in the beautiful Thong Ya. It's a farm state. And so you sort of said, well, why is it lucky? Because we spent one month in Hoi An and then it was fire season where they burn the crops. And so we moved from Hoi An to the beachfront in Ambang. <laughs> and we spent a month there. And, and these are things that we, we wouldn't have done. You know, originally yeah. we had on our plan, we were going to spend about five weeks in Asia because we had pre-booked our flight from Singapore to Istanbul we had planned to do, we're world schoolers, so we've got three kids and my two are older, so they're 13 and 11. We were planning to do Anzac Day at Gallipoli. 
uh, we were going to travel Turkey for a month and then we were going to go over to Spain and walk the Camino. Instead, we spent April beachfront at Anbang in the most beautiful villa, which we just would not have done at all. And then at the end of that, we felt like Vietnam was pretty much COVID-free. We'd got on top of it here as, as the country uh, was doing so well. So we thought, right, we'll go traveling. And we've traveled the whole northern region of Vietnam. We did, and we've done, we've been all the way out to Ban Giok, which is actually on the border of Vietnam and China. We've done Khao Bang, Babi Lake. We spent two weeks out in Sapa and we came down to Ninh Bin and that's when this recent outbreak happened. So that's why we're now in Phong Nha. How long do you have to stay where you are? Oh, gosh. That's the difficult thing. So we are, um, because we sold everything, right? We sold everything. Like I sold the cars. We sold everything we owned. We didn't actually own a house, so we gave up our beautiful rental. So our home in Australia is not there and then we're from we're New Zealand citizens so we've thought about going back potentially to New Zealand so we're kind of thinking we need to figure out how we can get long-term visas looking at being being in Vietnam and watching the world unfold and then sort of trying to switch off as much as we can but watching it unfold again I kind of get the vibe that this thing's not going away in the short to midterm and I feel like you know maybe here for two or three years so our strategy going forward is to work out where we can get longer term visas and plan to just travel you know for a year at a time in one country and if that means we have to stay put on a beach somewhere because my husband's desperately missing surfing he uh you know we'll just try and find a place that can take us that we can physically get to so that's part of the biggest challenge right now it's not even you know we, even if we wanted to go home um, back in March you know we got that call from our New Zealand embassy they said you know you should go home you should go home and we went like we looked around and there were a lot of people booking flights like a lot of people don't even realize it's a lot of people booking flights and they were getting cancelled they were going to turn up in the airport and they'd get cancelled or even worse they'd be one leg into their flight and then the next leg gets cancelled and they're stuck on like airport floors and things and I just thought at the time there was so much panic and I was like do you know I don't want to subject my kids to crazy airports and flights where people are panic flying home if we don't have to I don't want them to be put into the more likely bracket of possibly picking up COVID en route home Mm. Um, so we chose not to go then and then when things started sort of settling down and people were flying we sort of just thought well can't drag out that long can it like that was my mindset it was like it's not going to drag on for more than two months Um, and then we've sort of got to now and it's sort of looking like we probably don't really want to go home if we book September there's no guarantee of flight Um, that becomes tricky so we've just changed our plan and thought well we'll we'll figure out how we can do this safely and sensibly and not we don't want to be gallivanting around um, especially in areas where there's outbreaks we just will sit tight when there's outbreaks but we'd still like to see more of the world so it's 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 going to be different it really is it's not it's not going to be viable to take a two-week vacation internationally for quite some time I think for a lot of us especially down under Europe, they're doing okay at the moment, but being sensible and looking at, you know, how we navigate for the next two years, it is more sensible to try and do these big, longer trips. And so for us, we want to see the world, so we're going to set deep. I think it's amazingly inspirational to think that you can still travel and still have those experiences despite it all as well. So, Yeah, I think people can still travel. It's just going to be doing it a little bit differently, isn't it? And it's going to be thinking outside the box. 
Well, I've been told if you don't come out of COVID changed, then you've missed an opportunity. Slow travel, a year in each country, love it. Well done, Melissa. Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. And if you have a story and want to get in touch with us or share how COVID has changed your travel, email us at podcast at worldnomads.com. Now, next week, with the world slowly moving again, we revisit our episode on Ecuador with all the information you need to know to get into that country and be COVID safe. Bye. Bye. The World Nomads Podcast. Explore your boundaries.